4: to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai for 33 years. Wow! What a big day in surgery yesterday. This whole week. I scheduled 22 surgeries this week. Can you imagine? What a delight to meet the Weekend Warrior's... And all the other patients I get to take care of, young and old. Fascinating. I'll take you into the operating room this next two hours. And you'll see when you fix someone's ACL 30 years ago or even recently and you don't do it right, you end up with arthritis in your knee. Many times there's staples and screws and all kinds of things that are left in the bone that I got to deal with. Sometimes I get lucky. I'm able to do the sculpting of the bone and not have to take those old screws out. And boy, is that a joy. Because the less trauma you can inflict on the joint, the better. I'm so excited. Our guest today at 815 calling in from Alabama is Stu Upson. Stu Upson is the world's expert on the sport of pickleball. That's right. Pickleball, it is the fastest-growing sport in America by far. Tennis courts, public tennis courts from Hawaii, which I got to witness, all over California and all over this beautiful country of ours, tennis courts are being converted at rapid rates into pickleball courts. It's taking over. Why is that? And we're going to learn at 8.15 from Stu Upson. What is so special about this sport? It's a paddle, a wooden paddle, and the ball is more of a wiffle ball. It's not like a tennis ball or a ping pong ball. The court is smaller than a tennis court. Two players on each side. What is it about the baby boomers that are falling in love with it? Stu Eps- Upson is going to explain to us, and I believe, it's because of the bonding. You're close to each other. You don't do it by yourself. You have to have a partner. Very often, it's your wife or your husband. And you've got to bond with that team that's not that far away on the other side of the net. It's fascinating. Human beings, we are social animals. We really want to play together. We want to feel a chemistry. There is something magical about bonding with someone. And so it made me think all week. Bonding as a human being, whether it's through pickleball, whether it's through the world of art. Where in my lifetime did I see this before? In 1971, This is 20 years after the Korean War. Communist China. We were not going to talk to these people, have anything to do with China and Mao Zedong. Until April of 1971. It was a pickleball event, essentially. Ping-pong diplomacy, they called it. A 19-year-old ping-pong player from Culver City, California, Glenn Cowan, An awesome ping pong player goes with our team to Japan to play in this huge world event for ping pong. Guess who else is there? The Chinese. They sent, because of the beloved game of ping pong to the Chinese people, and you're going to learn why in a second, they sent their team. But we're still not going to have anything to do with them, right? This Meshuggan Glenn Cowan gets on, he misses the U- the American bus to get to the arena. Long-haired, free spirit, tie-dye shirt. Gotta love him. He misses the bus. So what does he do? I'll get the next bus. He jumps on the next bus going to the arena. Guess whose bus it was? The Chinese team. They're like, look, oh, oh my God, there's an American on our bus. What are we going to do? He doesn't know from nothing. He goes, he sits down, sits down next to... The best player in China. After 10 minutes of absolute silence, they're stunned. They have no idea what to do with this guy. The bus takes off. And he's the friendliest guy. And the bond is through ping pong. They can't really communicate except through ping pong. While they're on the bus together, The Chinese player Zhuang Zhuang opens up his duffel bag and gives the American a silkscreen painting picture of a mountain range in China as a gift. They get off the bus. All the photographers are waiting. This is 1971. There's no Internet. They're waiting for the Chinese ping pong players to come and get off the bus. Get off the bus with their cameras. What do they take a picture of? Glenn Cowan, the Culver City Jewish kid coming off the bus with the Chinese ping pong players. It's on the cover of Time Magazine. It's on the cover the way we communicated in those days. And guess what? Changes the world. Richard Nixon embraces this encounter. And the doors to China open up because of pickleball, essentially. Ping pong, bonding of people through a paddle and a ball. What about the world of art? In my lifetime, who is the best of it at it? It sounds crazy, but I'm going to play you an interview of Gene Wilder, the actor. Remember Willy Wonka? 1971, same time this is happening in the world of sports. Gene Wilder makes a movie, which by the way, nobody saw. Not successful until later. became a cult film. Willy Wonka, the chocolate factory. That's Gene Wilder. That's his big hit, even though no one saw it. But you'll hear Conan O'Brien in 2005 have an interview with the older man, Gene Wilder. And you'll hear through these radio waves an expert at bonding with another person, whether they're a little kid or a peer. Because guess what else he goes on to do? He makes another movie called Young Frankenstein because of his bond with Mel Brooks. And you're going to hear him describe the one and only fight he ever had with Mel Brooks and how it was settled. How he, the bonding overcomes the argument. And what's the argument about? Gene Wilder wrote the screenplay for Young Frankenstein and he wanted to have The monster, Frankenstein, dance in a tuxedo, speaking of the Amanda, the Mandy Awards, dance in a tuxedo with Dr. Frankenstein. Now, Brooks says, are you crazy? We're not putting that in the movie. This is, by the way, the scene.
5: If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Different types who wear a date, This is Gene coat
4: Wilder perfect singing. Or away, coat, perfect <laughs> <laughs> and that's the monster trying to sing, putting Rift on the Ritz. Like Mel Brooks said, Are you crazy we're not doing that? Well you'll you'll hear him tell the story. But it was their bonding as a fellow writer. And finally, Gene Wilder made a movie, a series of movies with Richard Pryor. On the set, they were brothers. Off the set, they went their separate ways. He has a Ph.D. in how to bond with kids, Willy Wonka, peers, Mel Brooks, and coworker Richard Pryor. The interview with Conan O'Brien is priceless, and you're going to hear that. But right now, I want you to hear How this whole idea of ping-pong diplomacy and pickleball, essentially, in 1971 got started. By the way, we're going to do some clap revision. I want to talk about Kevin Pillar. He not only dislocated his shoulder, player for the Dodgers, who grew up here in West Hills, by the way, star for the Toronto Blue Jays. He didn't just dislocate his shoulder, he broke the glenoid, the socket of the ball and socket joint. Oh, you're going to need some clap revision for it. And I put it out on Twitter. And guess who's now following me on Twitter? Kevin Pilar. So, Kevin, if you're listening to the show, what a pleasure. And I'm going to explain to you why you're going to be as good as new. Because there's a football player I'm going to talk to you about, Kevin Pilar, which will inspire you that your career will be back on track as good as new. In fact, it's a blessing that there was a fracture. And I'm going to explain why through the Clapper Vision. And food? Well, we're going to talk about pickleball, so we got to talk about pickles. My mother used to make homemade pickles. My mouth is watering already. The brine, that salty water. Mmm! With the dill, the, the, the herb called dill. But the secret to a pickle and its taste. And I'm not talking about pickles you buy, you know... Regular dill pickles. I'm talking about a garlic kosher pickle where the brine is cloudy. It literally becomes white. And I'm going to tell you a secret right now that I learned from my father. He he <laughs> taught me to drink. Can you imagine? The pickle juice. You may say that's the most disgusting thing in the world. Not when your father tells you it's delicious. Go ahead and do it. And I did it. Oh, my God, is it good. And the cloudiness, it's literally fermenting. My whole life I've been searching for those pickles that I had as a kid and that brine that turned cloudy. Well, guess what? I found a pickle here in Los Angeles that reminds me of the pickles I grew up eating. And I will tell you where you can get these pickles, the name of the pickles, and it will change your life biting into one of these pickles. mm mm are they good? So clap, revision, and the number is 877-710-ESPN. I'm going to talk to you about the operating room, but I want to take you first to Ping Pong Diplomacy and how this all started. In
5: 1949, shortly after World War II, the United States of America cut all ties from the People's Republic of China on the grounds that they would not associate themselves with communist countries. For decades, no Americans traveled to China, and there was no communication whatsoever. In
4: 1971, America feared the
0: largely unknown communist giant. Communist
4: China seeks to spread its own
0: brand of global revolution. But that's when a long-haired American ping-pong
4: player missed his team bus in Japan and befriended the world's number one Chinese player. And now you're going to hear some of it in Chinese, but don't worry, it's translated from the guy who sat on the other side of Glenn Cowan, the American ping-pong player who jumped on the wrong bus and sat next to Zhuang Zhuang. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing his name right. Apologize. Zhidong Zhidong, I think it is. But this is another guy who, who was sitting on the other side. Telling in his own words what happened.
3: We are G1. Oh
4: my God.
5: Even woman
4: Nenling
5: Walpita is uh.
1: the small table tennis is a tool for Liang Ge Liang to train the new generation of table tennis players. It helps them with their patience while playing the games. We'll
5: from
4: you hear what he said The small distance that's what he's talking about that's how you bond that's why pickleball works that's why ping pong works. It taps into that desire to be close strangers who now don't no longer are strangers when you play that paddle game uh, I've
5: Something
3: as
4: simple as pickleball can make a huge difference as well. Bonding. That's what today's show's all about. Coming up next, I'll take your calls. The number is 877-710-ESPN. And coming up, you're going to hear from the great Gene Wilder, the expert in how to bond with another human being. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From
0: Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
1: That is a harsh lesson in business.
3: Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names
1: together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so
3: many more doors. The show is called The The Deal.
1: Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal
0: on Spotify. Hey, it's Sedano. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday than when my guy, Dr. Clapper, and The Weekend Warrior Show... 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings.
1: What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant.
4: At 42 years old, you know what your new nickname is for me?
1: (laughs) Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper.
4: You're not Matthew from Santa Monica anymore. You're Mr. Preop. Every Saturday
1: morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lake.
4: Come back, Weekend Warriors. The lines are lit up, so we'll hold off on Gene Wilder right now a commitment to do some clapper vision with the weekend warriors who you want to take first will let's take vicki and glendale vicki and glendale you're on with dr clapper how can i help hi dr clapper
3: i'm a new listener but i have a friend who's uh who broke her tibia cidula and femur in a skiing fall last year mm. she's 69 and her surgeon gave her uh, a distal femur replacement revision and um She's a passionate skier, and as am I. So I'm wondering, what are her chances for returning to the slopes?
4: How old is she?
3: 69.
4: Hmm. The key, the key issue, and I don't have x-rays in front of me, so I'm going to use some Clapper vision and try to put the package together for you in your mind. Um, but let me just think of a good way to describe this. The... Your femur, your thigh bone, is like a pipe. So let's let's look at a a McDonald's straw to drink Coca Cola. Okay, we have a white tube. Let's let's mm-hmm. clap revision. Let's say that's your femur. There's a the cortical bone is the white the rim of the straw, and the empty space we're going to call the canal. All right. So let's say. Mm-hmm you now have a straw instead of made of plastic is made of wood okay that'll be your femur bone it's a hollow tube like a straw made of wood and the fracture snaps the wooden straw in half the reason your friend which is very in you know, this whole show today is about bonding and i don't think there's any better segue than actually having Vicki calling about another person. So God bless you for being completely in sync with the topic today. And we'll get into what it is. To, I mean, before we go any further, why is she your friend? How is she? How old are you? What do you do for a living?
3: Um, I'm 64. I don't do anything right now because I retired not too long
4: ago. As what? Well, you and retired as what?
3: I was a programmer analyst.
4: Wow. And where would you grow up? What did your dad do for a living? Oh. What high school did you go to? Tell me a little bit about you, Vicki.
3: Well, I grew up in um, East L.A. I went to school in Montebello, which is in the San Gabriel Valley here in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And my dad drove a, one of those old-fashioned little lunch trucks with the oh. kind of quilted chrome paneling side.
4: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And your mom, did she work?
3: My mom, um, no, she was a homemaker, but then when I kind of got into my teens, she learned to drive, and she then got a job, and she was um, a clerk at a large title insurance company here in L.A.
4: So tell me about your friend. How did you meet this woman? How did you become friends?
3: Well, Barbara and I became friends through an online ski forum, and that was sort of geared specifically for women. Mm. You know, we talk about skiing, but then we talk about, you know, like what do we carry in our pockets and other, other stuff. So it's a pretty lively community. And um, so your so bond is through skiing. The,
4: your bond is through sport.
3: Yes, and she happens to be in Florida, so we got together on the slopes, and then we got together socially and. That's how he became
4: friends. All right, back to the clapper vision. So the the straw is made of wood. It's a pipe. Instead of Barbara snapping it in half, which we're very good as orthopedic surgeons at either putting a toothpick up the the this the canal of the straw as a bridge between the two broken species, pieces. That's an I.M. rod, an intramedullary rod. Or we can use plates and screws sometime for other reasons to connect the two pieces together. What happened to Barbara is she shattered the lower half of the the straw, of the pipe. So it was in too many pieces for it to be amenable to putting it back together again. And being 69 years old... She's got a little, as we call in Cedar at Cedar Sinai, a little osteocaritis. She's got some osteoporosis, so the bone is She's very soft. It, yeah. So the surgeon said that we can't fix this with plate and screws. The rod won't be able to capture any of the shattered bone. So we're going to take these millions of pieces out, leaving the capsule of the muscle and the skin and the nerve and the artery, the soft tissues around it. And a prosthetic, instead of the lower half of the pipe of the, of the wooden straw, we're going to now use a titanium pipe and connect it to the upper half, which is the wooden straw or the wooden pipe. Capish? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here is the key answer to the question you're asked, can she ski again? You and I have to look at the x-ray and see, did the surgeon, was the bone and the injury allowing the surgeon to put up the center of the pipe, okay, the canal, a long enough rod, it's like, and there's a clapper vision, putting a toothpick in the center of a straw. So in other words, putting a rod in the, se- in the canal, if the purchase and how high up the toothpick went up the plastic part of the straw that remains, did it get high enough up to capture the canal, then your friend Barbara can ski once again without any worries. Obviously, you can fall, you can hurt yourself, but that the prosthesis will be safe. But if mm-hmm. because yeah. of the canal being too tight, too curved. There are all kinds of orthopedic surgery issues that we face because guess what, Vicky? Your bone, your, f- your thigh bone, your femur is not a straw. It is not a pipe just like a tube. It has a curve to it. It has a bow. And the center of the femur has a really, really thin part called the isthmus. It's not a consistent wide canal. And that can sometimes be a real problem for us trying to shish kebab or put the toothpick up the canal. The bow, Mm -hmm. the bow, the curve of the femur can be a problem for us, as well as the tightness of the bone, the isthmus. So it would take me looking at the x ray itself to be able to reassure her that. As we say in Yiddish, gig isn't the egg, go ski, enjoy your life. I might be worried for her if you were unable to get enough purchase, we call it, that the rod was able to engage enough of the bone up above for it to be safe for me to tell her, go ski, but make sure you don't fall. How could you say that to somebody? If you ski, you're going to fall, but that you don't have sure. to worry because the rod is so nicely in place. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Thank you very much. All right, young lady. I I, I applaud you. First of all, who told you to listen to the show? How did you become a new Weekend Warrior listener?
3: <laughs> My boyfriend, Gary Christensen.
4: And he listens all the time.
3: Yeah, he does. Well, you he tell, might be listening now.
4: I don't know. You tell Gary Christensen that I just gave you some clap revision, and you don't know. You think he got excited when you wore a pretty dress. Wait till you see how excited he's going to get when you say Doctor Clapper gave you some Clapper Vision. (laughs) Okay. All right. God God bless you, and thanks so much for listening, and uh, thanks for telling Mm -hmm. your friends. I appreciate it. All right, Warriors, we'll take a break, and we'll get to uh, we'll get to some beautiful storytelling by Conan O'Brien and Gene Wilder about today's topic, bonding. Nobody did bonding better than this guy. Listen to Richard Pryor. And Gene Wilder and Stir Crazy.
5: I hereby sentence you to serve 125 years in the custody of the Commissioner of the Department of
2: Corrections. What?
5: What? What? No, 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 no. Wait. No, no, no. Sit, 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 sit. We didn't do it. There's a misunderstanding. That's we why we didn't do it. We didn't. I did Our lawyer told us to come up. <laughs> He's joking. He means I we, told See, we, we didn't do it. We didn't do it.
0: Have you got the right case?
5: This is Monroe <laughs> and Donahue.
4: That's Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor, on camera. They're brothers, but you'll hear Gene Wilder say, when the camera stopped rolling, they went their separate ways. Gene Wilder was a master at bonding with people. Coming up next, I'll explain. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to
2: remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
1: What's going on? It's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper. And the Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Soon to be a major motion picture. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Without a good hip, you ain't hopping, that's for sure. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers.
4: Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. The great Freddie Mercury in Queens singing about, you're my best friend, bonding. That's today's topic, because at 815... We're going to talk about pickleball, the fastest growing sport in America. Very popular to the Weekend Warrior Nation. Why? Why is it so popular? Because it's a tiny little court. You got a partner you got to play with. It's not so difficult to play this game. And trust me, you start playing it, you will become addicted because it's part of human nature to want to be close. To each other. The chemistry, the magic of being a human being is with friendship. How awesome to have someone calling on behalf of someone else. As the first caller today for some Clapper vision, and we'll do a little Clapper vision later, I want to talk about Dodger great Kevin Pillar. He had surgery this week for a fracture dislocation of his shoulder. And I want you to understand why Kevin's going to be back as good as new. But where in my lifetime, in the world of art, I love the world of art, I love the world of sports, and I love the world of surgery, and whatever the topic is each Saturday, I got to connect the dots. Where do I see that bonding? It was perfected by Gene Wilder. You know him in 1971, the same year, ping pong diplomacy, Richard Nixon using ping-pong to open the doors to China. He made a movie, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Listen to Conan O'Brien talking to Gene Wilder, and I want you to appreciate his skill set for making a bond with children, a bond with Mel Brooks and Young Frankenstein, a bond with Richard Pryor in the buddy movies, starting with Stir Crazy.
0: And with the new technology, DVD, so many kids are seeing that film now and have seen it over the years since the film was first made. How do kids respond to you when they see you now? Their
5: eyes light up. Yeah. They don't say anything. Right. Just, I can tell every four and a half years I get a new crop.
0: Right, right.
5: Because the, the mamas won't let them see it until they're about four and a half years old, right. five years old. And then I walk down the street and I, I see the eyes light up like that. And um, they don't, they're too nervous to say anything most of the time. Right. Uh, those
4: who aren't come and want to sit on my lap. But... Right, right. He's telling, he can look into a kid and see their eyes light up. Most of us just walk around and they look at, oh, there's a kid over there. Not Gene Wilder. He's looking in their eyes. You know, one
0: of the things I, I love so much about that movie that makes it work for me, which is unlike a lot of, a lot of children's movies are afraid to have any menace. And Willy, Willy Wonka there is some there's a hint there's some darkness in that role that you that you added to the character and i think that probably scared some moms away when the movie first came out it did because it wasn't a commercial success no that which always surprised me when the movie came out you know people the movie didn't do that well and i think it was because there's some scariness to it a little bit the,
5: the kids weren't scared right the mothers were scared right right they on thought, behalf of the kids on behalf of the kids But right. the kids knew it was a morality play right Right. And where, where do you draw the line? And they wanted the line drawn. Right, right. The mothers were afraid of it.
4: It was not a commercial success, Gene Wilder and Conan O'Brien, because the mothers buy the tickets. They got the pocketbooks with the money. But it was a huge success, Willy Wonka, with kids. They don't have the money. But guess what? They get older, they have the money, and now they have their own kids. And they say, you got to see that movie, because this actor... This Willy Wonka was special, so later it becomes a huge cult hit, but not when it first came out. I want to ask you about Young Frankenstein, which
0: is easily uh, one of the funniest movies ever made, and you co-wrote, you co-wrote this. You co-wrote this film, uh, and and Mel Brooks directed the movie. And uh, I only found out much later on that my favorite scene in the whole movie, and I think for many people their favorite scene, is when Dr. Frankenstein, you, do the number, the tap tap dance number, putting on the Ritz Mm. with the monster. And it's so insane and so absurd. And I only realized later on, I guess, that that was your idea. And Mel Brooks didn't want
4: to do it. Is that right? That's right. Here's the bonding, not between Gene Wilder and little kids, which he's an expert at, Here's in bonding with a co worker, with a peer. First, you have to hear the scene again.
5: If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? <laughs> Different types who wear a date coat, pants with stripes, or cut a coat, perfect fit. <laughs> <laughs> Dressed up like a million-dollar <laughs> trooper, uh,
1: trying mighty hard to look like Gary Cooper.
4: Cooper <laughs> <Uber, Uber>. and <laughs> And here's more about making that scene. Bonding, when bonding doesn't go well. What's the matter? You're not going to have a fight with somebody once in a while? It happens. But if you've got the bond, you can get through it. No,
5: uh, I would write all day, and then he'd come over after dinner and look at, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, now, we need a villain. The Burgermeister right. isn't a good enough villain. We right, need a right. real villain and so on and so on. And one night he came over, and he looks at the pages, and he says, you tap dance to Irving Berlin right, <laughs> right, <laughs> in Top Hat and Tails with the Monster? Right, right. He said, are you crazy? It's frivolous. Right, right. And uh, I started to argue, and then I argued for about 20 minutes till I was at least red in the face. I think it may have been blue. The biggest fight, the only fight he ever had with Mel Brooks. And all of a sudden, he says, okay, it's in. And I said, well, why did you put me through this? He said, because I wasn't sure if it was right or not. Mm. And if you didn't argue for it, I knew it would be wrong. But if you really argued, I knew it was right. That's actually an
0: interesting technique. So if you hadn't, you know, if you just went like, oh, okay, whatever, maybe it is a stupid
5: idea. But I I knew him well, and and that is the only argument that we've ever had.
4: You hear that? But I knew him well. I bonded with him. What do you think, you're going to win every point on the pickleball court? No. But if you have a bond, you can get through those. You can see into those little kids' eyes. Well, what about Stir Crazy? What about working with Richard Pryor? This is fascinating.
0: Yeah, well, I think also it was one of the for, you know one of the earliest movies I saw that was a comedy where the acting was so straight and so sincere. Do you know what I mean? You're I believing in everything a thousand percent, and that's what makes it so funny. Eighteen You're... years of study. Right. Right. In order to to learn, finally.
5: Right. That the more real you can make a comedy, the funnier right. it's going to be, right. instead of making faces and doing funny sounds and
4: all of that. Did you hear that? That's his philosophy. The more real you can make a comedy, the funnier it is. That's right. When you bond with someone else, you can see, as Bob Dylan said, life is but a joke. You can see the humor in all of it. Fascinating. Fascinating.
0: Uh, So much great work with with Richard Pryor. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you guys seem to have this chemistry that doesn't come along that often uh, in in movies. Did you feel the same way with Richard Pryor? did. you feel it while you were working with him? From the first day. And uh, I'll
5: tell you something. I I, I don't want to be shocking you, Mm -hmm. but it's a little bit like a a sexual chemistry. I mean, (laughs) it's true. Right, right. I mean, you see someone and and you say... um, I really am attracted to that woman right and someone says but why her this girl is much prettier right she's taller she's shorter she's fatter she's slimmer why that one I don't know I am right I'm just and when Richard and I did our first scene some magic happened what they call chemistry right and he improvised I I used to improvise in class but Mm -hmm. not in front of the movie camera right and uh, I would answer him back and forth back and forth and
4: we were on such a, a similar wavelength. Not in private life so much. Not in private life, but when they made the movies, they were in sync. Listen to him tell what that means.
0: That's interesting. It didn't translate
5: no, off camera.
4: Uh-oh. He had his
5: own world that he, his friends and everything. Uh, right. I wanted to more. But right. Anyway, um, I'm telling you that there was something going on. We when we w- did that first big scene in Stir Crazy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and tore the place apart, the prison. Right. At the same moment, we both started to hum to sing, da dum da dum da 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 Laurel and Hardy. Right, right. And w- when Sidney Gle- uh, Sydney said cut, I said, Did you know you were going to do that? And he said, No. Did you know? I said, No, I didn't. But we both
4: did it on beat at the same time. So you can find the bonding. You don't have to bond totality with the other person. But let it be through sports. Let it be through pickleball. Let it be through ping pong that two entire nations, America and China, can bond. Sport can be the glue. It's awesome when it happens. You can't bring everything together. But you can have a shared experience, and trust me, it will enrich your life. Thursday, I had Linda Huey bring sandwiches from Bay Cities. Beautiful for sandwiches. A patient brought a dozen Randy's donuts. Alan Abrams brought a chocolate bopka from the delicious bakery in Reseda, Best Babka in America. And another patient sent a dozen sprinkles donuts. Can you imagine? This is what Thursday was like in my office. Bonding in my world of medicine and surgery. It may come through the vehicle of food and donuts. But there's nothing more important and more enjoyable in your life than making that bond. Today's topic is a fascinating one. Coming up next, let's do some Clapper Vision. Clapper Vision, not just with the weekend warrior, but with the true warriors, the professional athlete. We'll do that segment where there's a will, there's a way with the great Will Orms. Coming up next, the number is 877-710-ESPN.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
4: Hey, it's Mace. You know, there is no better way to start your Saturday than with Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to
1: 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. And don't miss Mason in Ireland back Monday at 1 on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Roberto Clapperio, a fish-tacologist. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I know the ins and outs of a fish taco. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers.
4: Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. It takes two, Marvin Gaye and the great Kim Weston, who's 82 years old. And I'm sure listening to the show right now, it takes two. That's what today's show is all about, bonding. But right now, let's do one of my favorite segments, Clapper Vision with the professional athlete, the great Will Arms, and where there's a will, there's a way. Will, what do we got for today?
2: So first up,
4: uh,
2: obviously, L.A. is a Dodger town, and so we do want to cover something on that, and that is going to be Kevin Pillar. And his
4: shoulder. Kevin Pilar has had multiple dislocations of his shoulder. But he had surgery this week because he didn't just dislocate the shoulder. He also broke the glenoid, fractured the bone, a fractured dislocation. So here's a clap revision for your ball and socket joint of your shoulder, which is different than the ball and socket joint that's your hip joint. They're both ball and socket joints. But in the case of your hip joint, the socket is much deeper as a shell. It's as though a golf ball is inside the coffee cup. That's your hip joint. That's how deep the wall, the bony walls of the socket in the hip, the acetabulum. It's like a coffee cup, a ceramic coffee cup. And you can't see the golf ball because it's deep inside the coffee cup. But your shoulder joint, which is a ball and socket joint, the socket, it's not called the acetabulum, it's called the glenoid. The golf ball is the same. The ball of your humerus, the ball of your femoral head, very similar. But the golf ball is sitting on a golf tee. It's very shallow, the socket, the glenoid, for your shoulder. And that is the reason you have so much mobility and movement the shoulder has 180 degrees of movement no other joint has that much movement and it's because the socket is so shallow well what keeps the golf ball from falling off the golf tee a very thick rubber gasket like a big rubber washer that goes around the top of the golf tee and that's called the labrum so classically when an athlete or a weekend warrior dislocates their shoulder the golf ball falls off the tee by ripping the rubber gasket, better known as the labrum. And it falls off the tee. But there's another way for a ball to dislocate, to fall off the socket, the golf tee. You break the tee. You split it in half. You, you break, you fracture the bone, you fracture the, the wood of the golf tee. It can happen also in the hip joint, and that's exactly what happened when Tua tunga was tackled while playing for the University of Alabama in front of us. That defender, that 300-pound defender, landed on top of him with his knee bent, driving his femur into the turf. All that force, the golf ball that was in the coffee cup, cracked the cup. And that is what made the ball dislocate from the socket. He didn't tear any soft tissues. He broke the golf tee. He broke the coffee cup in the case of Tua Tungavai Lower. But here's the blessing in that. Bone loves to heal without a scar even. And if you are fortunate enough that it's in two separate pieces, and it used to be one in a fracture, it's a jigsaw puzzle for us as orthopedic surgeons. If we can absolutely kiss the two broken pieces together, you can feel it and you can see it as a surgeon. Oh, my God. It's, it's an orgasmic feeling because you now have put it back the way it's supposed to be. We usually drive some pins in to just to hold it in place so we can appreciate what we've done because they're tiny little pins and they don't really harm anything, and if we like what we call the reduction, the putting it back together, then we can put over the pins hollow screws. They're called cannulated screws, and permanently kiss the two pieces together. And in six weeks, bones heal. It's a lot longer of a recovery if it's the labrum that tears it's a bigger deal. It's a longer road. But if it's a fracture, it's a shorter road. So for you, Kevin Pilar, who's listening, that clapper vision is for you. You want to know why you're going to do great? Yeah, Kevin Love, remember? Kelly Olenick dislocated his shoulder in front of all of us, tore the labrum. Kevin Love's, loves back playing basketball, no big deal. But you're more similar to Tua of vailoa who fractured, dislocated his hip, and he's playing football again as a quarterback for the Miami Dolphins now. So, Kevin, you had surgery this week. God bless you, and we're rooting for you to come back, and you will be as good as new. All right, let's talk a little bit more about bonding, Will.
2: Yeah, so someone that literally the entire world, but especially here in Los Angeles, is bonded with is uh, Kobe Bryant. Yes, And one person that bonded especially close with Kobe Bryant, who has openly stated Kobe was his favorite player in his idol growing up, is none other than the Boston Celtics' very own Jason Datum.
4: Amazing.
2: And it's crazy to think that a Boston Celtic is uh, so open about his relationship with Someone from the enemy team, essentially, which is Kobe and and the Lakers here. And something interesting happened uh, uh, recently, which is Jason Tatum has been wearing a uh, 24 armband, uh, a Kobe armband, as a Boston Celtic. You're telling me
4: he's on the arched enemy team of the Los Angeles Lakers, the Boston Celtics, green and white, and he's wearing a purple and gold wristband.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it has the number two four inscribed on it and, and he's very open about it. And I want to play this clip real quick of him talking about oh why he is uh you know wearing that particular armband.
4: That's the ultimate bond, Will Orms. Uh Lake You
1: also wore the Kobe armband today. <laughs> what went into your thinking to wear that in this game in particular? Uh, you know, obviously
4: that was my my idol, that was my f- you know, inspiration. That was my favorite player. Mm. Uh, you know, the shoes I wore, I've been wearing the last couple games. You know, were
1: you know mm. dedicated
4: to him. Um, and you know, I just today, before I took my nap, um, you know, I, I do it sometimes. I, I watch. I was watching you know some film, you know, and uh, in, in some moments from him in his career. Uh, you know, this biggest game of my career thus far. Mm. And you know. You know, I want to wear that ar- armband to honor him and, uh, you know, kind of share that moment in a way. We could have had him. We got Lonzo Ball instead of Jason Tatum. Yeah. You know, I've been rooting for the Golden State Warriors because Jerry West is the reason Clay Thompson is still on that team. Because he did not want to trade for Kevin Love. But this soundbite that you just played makes me almost want to root Or Jason Tatum. But I can't physically root for a Boston Celtic. That's impossible. Talk about bonding. I bonded with Kobe Bryant. I can't bond with a Boston Celtic. That's that's the difficult conundrum that we're all in. But
2: I don't know that it makes it any less painful to root for the Warriors on top of that. (laughs) It's hard, man. It's hard.
4: You got to admit, last night, and if they go on, Tim Legler from ESPN said this. If they go on, if the Golden State Warriors go on and win this, which I still secretly am rooting for them, last night's game will be the great, go down as the greatest game Steph Curry, the greatest shooter we've ever seen, had. And you got to almost say the reason we as Laker fans really appreciated last night's game, other than the fact that they beat the Celtics, is it was Kobe esque. Yes. He was throwing that ball. from all different angles, and it was going in. It just reminded me of those line drive shots from the corner where I, for 26 years as a Laker fan, for his whole career, watched those, forget about Derek Fisher's moonshots, arcing and almost hitting the jumbotron. Kobe Bryant was like a laser flatline shot, and then the ball would just drop right into the basket. That's what it looked like last night with Steph Curry. It reminded me of Kobe.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And to have essentially no help in last night's game from any of his teammates really outside of Jordan Poole. I mean, Draymond Green has played terrible. Klay Thompson doesn't look like the Klay Thompson of old. He has very small moments, but he has not put together a full game, kind of like we talked about last week. He just doesn't seem to be quite back yet. Steph said... It's okay, I got this. Put this on my shoulders. <laughs> wow! In in Kobe esque, drops forty three points mm. and and literally just wills his team to a victory in Boston. You know, and, and the Celtics have to be kicking themselves saying, "How did we let this one get away it, on
4: our home court?" So, what happens next? What's the next game? It's in Golden State. What happens next?
2: I think the Warriors have to capitalize on yeah. Steph's momentum. He's shooting lights out right now. I mean, he's pulling up from 35 last night, making it look easy, making incredible shots that you just, how, how does that go in, in an NBA Finals game of all things? Right. You know, it looks like a playground circus shot.
4: So part of his workout that I happen to know, my own uh, inside information, when you have a conscious thought, it's your cerebrum. You know, I think, all right, what am I going to say next right now on the radio? This is conscious, though, my cerebrum. But my cerebellum is the other part of the brain, the lower part of your brain, before the brain stem and then your spinal cord. That's just the anatomy. What's housed in the cerebellum is your diaphragm muscle to breathe, the muscles that make you walk that you don't think about, the unconscious. Movement of your body comes from the cerebellum. That's where reflexes come from. If I splash you with some water, your eyes blink. You're not consciously thinking. The reflex, which is what you need to run the machinery of your body, is in the cerebellum. And the cerebellum is quick. It's much quicker than conscious thought. Reflexes are there for that reason. Steph Curry. Recognizes that a quick shot for most players is cerebral. Okay, I'm going to get in the corner, I'm going to go to the elbow and get my shot. But he recognizes that that is a longer process of synapse of the brain cells. Steph Curry says, I want it to be cerebellar. I want it to be in the part of the brain that's reflex." And he trains for it. So you know what he does? I don't know if you know this. He goes into the gym and has them turn all the lights off. It's black, wow. dark. And he gets, uh, you know, I'm a, a man of disco of the 70s. He gets a strobe light to blink. Black, completely dark gym. And then has a strobe light that blinks every nanosecond mm-hmm. to provide the light. And he trains with a strobe light in a dark gym so that as he gets a fraction of a second to see the basket and he shoots. He has turned his shot into cerebellar reflex versus cerebral.
2: Wow, that's incredible. So basically what you're saying is he's unconsciously thinking C- correct. or just unconsciously shooting.
4: Correct. That's exactly right. Uh,
2: that's, that's incredible.
4: He is training his brain to be that way. He's training his cerebellum, not his cerebrum. And to my knowledge, nobody else has ever done that. I've never seen anything like it. All right, coming up next, we're going to tell some stories about bonding as a human being. Because my guest at 815 is an expert on the world of pickleball. Bonding. That's why that sport has taken over America. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN.